thereby will be streaming live soon. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you're located. Um, my name's Andy Hines, and um, we've been uh, digging into the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. And I want to pray, and then we'll jump right into the, to the next part of this lesson when we go into chapter 5 of Mark. Father, thank you for tonight. ask you to anoint this time together. Bless it, Father. As we dig into your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Quick review. Chapter 1, we learned five things that Jesus did that enabled him to be successful. Uh, he modeled being born again. He didn't have to be, but he modeled it for us. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He operated in faith because the Father said that he greatly pleased him. He went into the desert uh, to confront the enemy. And uh, the, the the book of Luke tells us in chapter 4, he went into the desert full of the Holy Spirit. Once he learned what to do, he came out of the desert full of the power of the Holy Spirit to go do what it was that he was called to do. And we learn then in the parable of the sower, the sower sows the word, God gives the word, God gives the instructions, and as soon as he does, Satan comes immediately to steal the word which was sown using five weapons. Affliction, persecution, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, thorns and thistles, cares and worries. Those are the things that he uses. Now we're going to see how this plays out. Jesus told us in, um, in Luke 4, he told us that if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any of them. And then it tells us further that he taught everything in parables. So you got to understand this one. It's what he said. And then in, in Matthew, he explained even further in Matthew 13, explained even further and said, if you don't have the parable of the sower, uh, that many people in the Old Testament, many righteous men, longed to see what you see and didn't see it. They longed to hear what you hear and didn't hear it. Hear, therefore, the parable of the sower, uh, indicating that people in the Old Testament had questions to ask about things that were going on, and God didn't give them the answer like we did with us. Mark 4 also tells us that we've been given the secrets or the mysteries of the kingdom of God, to know those mysteries. And um, so we're going to pursue a little bit here. We're going to dig into chapter 5 of Mark. But first, I want to go back and I want to show you in uh, Mark chapter 3, we see this principle in action before Jesus actually teaches it. And if you go back to, to Mark chapter 3, verse 1, Verse 1, we see the story of the guy that was healed of a withered hand. Um, and the Pharisees have their eye on him because he's already healed a guy. And he made him look bad in chapter 2 when the paralytic was dropped down through the ceiling. And now uh, and, and they're, they're, um, they're on to him. They're, they're, they're looking at him. They're watching him constantly. Okay. Now, in verse 
uh, chapter 3, verse 1, again, he entered the synagogue, and there was a man who had withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. Now, um, he goes on, and he and he, he he shows another really interesting character. He asks questions that they can't answer. I love that. He asks questions that they can't answer. Is it lawful to do good or to do evil on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill him? But they kept silent. And when he looked around at them with anger, being grieved for their hardness of heart. We could talk about that later. He said to the man, stretch forth your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was as restored as the other. Now listen in verse 6. It said, then the Pharisees went out immediately and took counsel with the Herodians against him how to kill him. Or as uh, uh, other translations say, to destroy him. So the Greek word there, for destroy, uh, Apollo, uh, Apollumai, or Apollo, and there's a, a number of different things, but Apollumai, and it means to destroy. To destroy, to be destroyed or perish, and specifically in Mark 3, it's, it's spoken of to destroy, to cause to perish, and speaks of physical death. So right here, the author of life, the author of death, Satan, who's, he's lies, steals, kills, and destroy, steal, kill, and destroy, and that's his, uh, he is after Jesus to kill him, right here, we see this conflict coming, and it's going to get worse, and we're going to see how it plays out, so let's go, if you will, let's go over to Mark chapter 5, we spoke about uh, the first uh, 20, cha or 20 chapters, the first 20 verses, uh, we spoke about the uh, madman of Gadara, the, the man in the tombs, and how Jesus uh, brought him, you know, uh, brought him to sanity, and how that didn't, people didn't like that. Uh, there was a number of issues. Uh, 2,000 pigs uh, committed sausage side, and they ran into the surf and died. That upset everybody and, and afraid. That was an attack on their economic situation, the deceitfulness of riches again, the attack on money, economics. They asked Jesus to leave. He did. Now he's back on the on the other side of the lake, and he runs into two people, the Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and a woman with an issue of blood. Now, what's interesting about this story, we hear from Jairus, and as Jesus is going to minister with him, this woman interjects herself in the middle of it. So I want to talk about that, and we're going to talk about the, the woman. We'll read the first part of it. Pardon me. We'll read the first part of it, and then uh, about Jairus, but we're going to skip and go right into the, to the woman uh, with the issue of blood first. So chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 21. And I'll, again, I'm reading from the uh, modern English version of the Bible. When Jesus had crossed again by the boat to the other side, many people gathered to him. And he was beside the sea. One of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus saw Jesus and came and fell at his feet and earnestly asked him, My little daughter is lying at the point of death. I ask you, Come, lay your hands on her, so that she may be healed. 
and then she will live. So, verse 24, Jesus went with him, and many people followed him and pressed in on him. Now, um, we'll come back to Jairus uh, as soon as we deal with this uh, little woman with the issue of blood. So, in verse 25, a certain woman had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had suffered much under many physicians, and she had spent all that she had and was not any better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind him and touched his garment, for she had said, If I may touch his garments, I shall be healed. And immediately her hemorrhage dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of this affliction. Now, verse 10, or pardon me, verse 30. At once Jesus knew within himself that power had gone out from him. And I like what I heard an explanation of this verse says, at once Jesus knew the power that was emanating from him had had a demand placed on it. Okay? He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you and you ask who touched you? And he looked around to see her who had done it. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the entire truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Okay, now let's back up and, and let's dig into this part of the story. Uh, it's really good. Uh, she'd had this problem for 12 years. She must have been a woman of substantial means because it took 12 years to drain her of her money trying whatever medical, you know, uh, procedures or, or whatever it was that they did back then that they thought that they could do to stop the bleeding. Um, Health care cost a lot back then, and she was no better. Uh, in verse 26, she endured much through medical procedures that didn't work, she spent all she had, she was no better at all, and she's actually gotten worse. Now, a lot of this sounds like uh, an ongoing medical condition that we would consider chronic, chronic fatigue syndrome, Lyme disease, rheumatic fever, and uh, and COVID. You know, they, they talk about COVID having uh, long-term effects on some people. And um, the doctors were practicing with no effect, and at this point she'd done all that she could and was not making any progress. Now, let's go on, and we find out that she heard about Jesus. Uh, in verse 27, uh, be, uh, she heard about Jesus. She touched his robe, and she spoke what she wanted to happen, and she knew she'd been cured immediately. Now, a couple things in here. When we go back and look at this, in verse 28, for she said, if I may touch his garments, I shall be healed. The word said can also be translated thought. So she thought, if I touch his garments, I shall be healed. She said, if I touch his garments, I shall be healed. Now, the, the interesting thing about this is, and I, I had mentioned this before, but uh, in teaching with the, with the guys at 
uh, Fresh Wind Alcohol and, and Drug Recovery Center, uh, we use the term BSA, uh, Believe, Speak, and Act. If you, Those are the three things that's essential for you to do to act on a, on a promise of God. You have to believe it, you got to speak it, and you got to act on it. If you believe it's true, you'll speak it, then you'll act as though it's true. Regardless of what it looks like, you'll act as though it's true. You can go back to Peter walking on the water. He said, if that's you, Lord, bid me to come to you. And Jesus, because it was him, said, yeah, sure, come on. So Peter got out and walked. He believed he could walk. He acted on it, and he stepped out of the boat. Now, he didn't get as far as he'd like. We know that. Uh, but he let other things creep in and stop it. So the term BSA, Believe, Speak, and Act, is going to be prominent as we walk through this uh, teaching. Now, in uh, she spoke what she wanted to have happen. And she said, if I just touch his garment, that's his prayer shawl, I'll be healed. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I want to read to you the scriptures. Jesus when you go back into the beginning here in the, uh, the parable, uh, uh, the parable of the sower, he said this, um, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And at the end of it, uh, he, he speaks about and he says, Take care what you listen to. Take care what you listen to. And words are seeds. Words are seeds. They're good seeds. They're bad seeds. We've talked about self-talk. We've talked about negative talk. But I want you to listen to some scriptures uh, that the Bible speaks and talks specifically about words. Proverbs 18.21 Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Get that. Ephesians 4.29 Let no corrupting talk Come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those here. No, don't let, don't speak corrupting talk. Um, Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Um, Proverbs fifteen one. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, speaking about God's word, Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We'll read um, Matthew 12.37, and it'll give you an idea. For by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. One more, Colossians 3.8. But now you must put them away, all anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. So as you can see, the scriptures are very clear about speaking in uh, words that are beneficial. Speaking God's word. Now, we know that Jesus operated in faith, and so... Romans ten seventeen again in the modern English version. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. James one twenty two. Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Believe, speak, and act. Faith comes by hearing. I hear it, I believe it, I speak it, and I act on it. Um, 
Now, this woman, and we can see this from verse 27, uh, she'd been around the temple for a long time, and she knew the rules. She was unclean, and she was pressing in on the crowd with everyone around her, and she was subject to severe actions by her... She was subject to severe punishment for her actions. She was not allowed to be where she is. Now remember, a lot of people are pressing in on him. And here's an unclean woman pressing through the crowd. And here's the thing. She's been in that place for 12 years. Jairus knew who she was. He didn't say anything. We'll get back to Jairus in a little bit. But this woman took a great risk in doing this. This is what I call the risk of faith. You can go back in chapter 2 and see when the guys chopped a hole in the top of Jesus' home and dropped these guys down. That's a risky thing to do for a number of reasons. Um, so, exercising your faith is risky. What you want to do may not be acceptable to the established authorities. Now, think. Now I want to say that again. Exercising your faith is risky, and what you want to do may not be acceptable to the established authorities. Now, um, we told the story yesterday about E.V. Hill, uh, Pastor E.V. Hill. Uh, his mom, his dad had died, and his mom sent him to college. He only had $5. Uh, mom was praying for him, and he got in line at the bursar's office, and sign said $83 needed, and he only had about two bucks. So, but he believed God called him there, and he stayed in line, knowing he didn't have the money. And when the woman in front of him, the last one there, was getting ready to leave, she was putting money in her purse, grabbed her Bible and stuff, and left. And he's the next one up. He stood his ground, believing that God was going to send him in there. And... Uh, the uh, dean of the students, I guess it was, came and laid hands on him and said, uh, we've, we've given you a scholarship for your scholarship, uh, room and board paid plus $30 a month spending money. Now, he had the courage to take that risk, but that's a risk to stand there in line like that. Uh, in, the, in the back of the boat, when the, when, the, when the storm hit, it was risky, and they didn't know what to do then. But Jesus began to teach them, and this is this is showing them why they were having problems. Now, uh, in verse 28 and 29, For truly, I say to you, in Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24, we want to talk about that briefly. It says, For truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whenever whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you'll receive them and you will have them. That comes in Mark chapter 11. Now, this woman was risking everything she had. She's in a, a risky situation. Okay? Now, her faith steps are clear. She believed, she spoke, she acted, and she received, okay? Now, let's see what... Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 says this. We have the same spirit of faith as it is written, 
I believed, therefore I have spoken, so therefore we believe and we also speak. BSA. It's not an old motorcycle. It is a good old motorcycle. BSA Lightning was a great motorcycle 55 years ago. But that's not what we're talking about. Believe, speak, and act. Okay, now, go to verse 30. Chapter 5, verse 30. Let me pull this up here. Yeah. Jesus knew that something had happened. Uh, uh, in Mark uh, 5.30 in the Amplified, you can see that you can read that in, in the Amplified. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth. A demand had been made on the power that's already uh, flowing from him. He turned around and said to the crowd, Who touched my clothes? He called out looking for him who had touched him in such a way as to make a demand on his power to heal. What did that demand do? Where she kept saying to herself, if I can just touch his prayer shawl, I will be healed. Now, she didn't just do that on a whim. She'd heard that they, all these people there, they know what Jesus is about. We've seen that. People following all over the place. They're, they're always showing up there. There's crowds, 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 because they see what he's doing. Because as it says in the first chapter of Mark, he spoke with one having authority not as the scribes and the Pharisees did. Now, at this point, the woman had probably thinking she'd been caught, but she told Jesus exactly what happened. It says she came in fear, thinking she was going to perhaps even be killed for violating temple rules, which she probably would have been under a normal circumstance. Now, the fact that Jairus, the, the man that could, have, that could have ordered that, was already making his own demand on Jesus, probably was a good thing for her. Because he's not going to say anything about her uh, because he's making a demand on Jesus himself. So, at this point, Jesus told her, your faith has made you well. Now, Luke 5.17 in the Amplified Classic Bible says this. One of those days, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come from every village and town in Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That's what she made the demand on. That power is already there. She made a demand on it. Uh, if it's possible, now think for a minute, for your faith to make you well, is it possible that fear can make you sick? Well, we know it can. Sit around and worry about something. Oh, man, you know, how's your son doing? Oh, I'm just worried sick about him. He's just, oh, he's such a rotten kid. And oh, man, he's in blah, 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 blah. Well, what about your job? Are you going to lose your job? Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm scared to death. I'm worried to death about, I'm worried sick about it. On and on it goes. On and on it goes. Now, is it possibly for your faith to fail and for you to remain sick? Well, let's go back to, to 
Peter walking on the water. His faith got him out in the water, but what happened? His faith failed. Why? Because he was afraid. He, 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 he watched it think. His faith was working, but it got shut down because of fear. This is a tough road to hope. This is, we, what we're talking about here is the difficulty of, of seeing your faith walk out and being in such a position that you might be able to do this consistently. It's tough. Uh, Jesus said that the, the road is wide that goes to destruction and it's narrow to get you where you need to go. So, uh, this woman, great faith, but you remember, the key is she spoke what she believed and she acted on it. BSA. She believed it, she spoke it, she acted on it. Okay, now, um, we've got a little bit of time left. We're going to talk about Jairus, and in the next session, we'll pick up Jairus and his situation, and we'll see this. Um, and you can see the parable of the sower in operation in this woman's life. Um, she believed she was spoke that that she spoke. The enemy was coming at her with fear. Uh, she'd been, uh, you know, operating twelve years and not gotten well. But in this case, uh, she is operating in such a manner uh, that we can see fear was trying to attack her, but it did not. It did not win. She one out because her faith. Now, um, let's talk about Jairus. Okay? I'm going to read his story now, and then we'll get to it in the next next session. All right. And when Jesus crossed again by the boat to the other side, many people gathered to him. And he was beside the sea, and one of the rulers of the synagogue named Jairus saw Jesus and came and fell at his feet and earnestly asked him, My little daughter is lying at the point of death. I ask you, come lay your hands on her so that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and many people followed him and pressed in on Jesus. Now, Skip past the part with the little girl, uh, with the woman of issue of blood. Jesus is dealing with that. Don't you think Jairus was sitting there going, man, hurry up. So Jesus takes care of the little woman in verse 35. While he was telling her, your faith is made well, made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Remember, affliction, persecution, be healed of that. And while, she, while he was still speaking, some came from the house of the synagogue ruler and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. He let no one follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw the tumult. And those who wept and wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this uproar and weep? The girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him in ridicule. But when he had put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the girl 
and those who were with him and entered where the girl was lying. And he took her by the hand and said, Talitha Kumai, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl rose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were greatly astonished. And he strictly ordered them to let no one know of it and directed them to give her something to eat. Now, we'll dig into this in the next... There's just a, a lot of information in here. And there's a lot of things that we want to walk through. So we're going to do that in the next session. Right now, I'm going to pray and, and we're going to ask the Lord to... Uh, that the word that's been spoken tonight, that you that you understand what happened to this woman and apply this to yourself to where you can believe and speak and act on whatever it is that uh, the Lord uh, is dealing with you on and what it is that you need from the Lord and what it is that you're pursuing for you and others. We'll just believe that you're going to get what you're praying for in your faith and that you'll have the courage to stand against all of these five things that the enemy will throw at you. Father, I thank you for your word. I'm asking you now, Father, in Jesus' name, that you would enable us to walk in faith according to your word, as this woman did, and as we see what Jairus does tomorrow, we'll see what he's doing, Father, and we'll watch how you work in our lives to protect us from the enemy who comes to steal kill and destroy we love you father and thank you for your word in jesus name amen i'll talk to you guys later thanks for listening I'll go care, you